Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. I'm Scott Taylor, the Data Whisperer, and I'm delighted to be your host for this podcast series. I'm the principal consultant at MetaMeta Consulting. We help organizations tell their data story by reinforcing the strategic value of proper data management. Now in today's podcast, I'm speaking with Jan Kunick, CTO EMEA at Cloudera. Following on from our previous two episodes with Cloudera, this episode focuses on critical technology decisions for cloud. As we know, the speed of public cloud adoption in recent years is unparalleled. It has enabled business users to access data for analytics and insights at a speed they've always desired, but sometimes at the cost of security and governance. Now technology is catching up with the business and Jan will be sharing his architectural knowledge of hybrid and multi-cloud deployments for data and analytics in some of the world's largest enterprise organizations. Thank you for joining me today, Jan. Let's get started by learning a little more about you. With pleasure, Scott, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I started my career with distributed systems at IBM in around 2005. Ever since then, I've been busy with the terabytes flying by, and I led T-Systems introduction of the Hadoop hosting services in 2013, and then joined Cloudera in 2014. And there I've helped customers in all industries to be successful with large-scale data processing projects in all industries as a solutions architect. Currently, I serve as the field chief technology officer for EMEA. I'm also co-author of O'Reilly's Architecting Modern Data Platforms where me and some of my esteemed colleagues have written down best practices, what we learned during our sojourns through the data space. Thanks, Jan, for that intro. Always good to talk to somebody who's literally written the book on the topic. So let's start by going back to basics. Cloud adoption has steadily increased lately. And when you make the choices between hybrid and multi-cloud, what do organizations need to take into consideration? Well, data management is spread all over. About half of enterprise data is still on-premises. In a recent survey done by the Harvard Business Review, for example, only 21% responded that their data is organized in a single public cloud, while 24% responded to the same question with multiple public clouds and 26 with hybrid cloud, respectively. A fundamental question exists around trust in the hybrid and multi-cloud model, which we at Cloudera think is simply the next chapter in the cloud era. This is exactly what most business want, and it culminates in a new category, which we call the enterprise data cloud. Technological advancements in container management technology like Kubernetes now makes this model possible, and CIOs, CTOs, as well as us at Cloudera are building the trust needed for this impending breakthrough. Well, of course, deciding on the cloud setup that suits your enterprise's unique needs is just the beginning. So next comes the actual implementation. How do you advise organizations to just get started? That's a good question. My advice would be prioritize those projects that have recurring needs to burst into the cloud. For example, a Christmas marketing campaign or a quarterly report. Any such project, regardless of the bursting requirements, will typically have to need to port their applications to the services available in the cloud. And that takes some time and effort. If the application architecture leverages open source, for example, the porting effort may be reduced because engineers are already familiar with the technology and interfaces. 
but their versions are still likely to differ. We at Cloudera try to address this particular challenge by making the experience of porting and moving to the cloud as seamless as possible, by the way, since our stack is based entirely in open source technologies and all versions are harmonized regardless of whether you run on-premises or in the cloud. Well, both multi-cloud and hybrid will necessitate different architecture and deployment styles. So how do these compare to one another? And is one more costlier than the other? They do not differ necessarily, the deployment styles. We have actually structured our portfolio in a way that, first of all, separates deployment from application architecture. Our users focus on building all application architecture on top of our runtime which contains all offerings from streaming across data engineering, data warehouses, all the way to machine learning solutions. These application architectures may have demands regarding scalability. Let's say, for example, 4,800 cores and 24 terabytes of RAM for a given workload. And that's all that the application architect needs to specify. Cloudera operators then can fully automate the deployment of the exact same application architecture on any major public cloud provider without adapting anything in its specification or even move the same application between multiple clouds or run them side by side. This is possible because we standardized our runtime to support the cloud providers' respective Kubernetes services like Amazon EKS, Azure AKS, or Google Container Engine. The substrate of Kubernetes can also be leveraged in the same way for on-premise deployments based on Red Hat OpenShift. We still maintain our original deployment modes uh, of uh, Hadoop clusters on either virtual machines or bare metal servers that require uh, to specify infrastructure demands on a server or a VM level, which is basically what it used to be in the past. That's a lot about the sort of architecture and deployment, but let's talk now a little bit about the business value. So what analytics opportunities do multi-cloud and hybrid cloud present? Analytics and machine learning models work particularly well if they have lots of data to train on. Everything that removes barriers and inhibitors to tap into more data is generally great news for those use cases. That's where the biggest opportunity that an enterprise data cloud approach opens up uh, to analytic workloads lies. And simply put, the cloud era is really giving us tremendous opportunities because uh, data workloads and data set sizes are exploding with the adoption of cloud computing. When you look at that data explosion too, it brings to mind certainly the category I love the best data management. So what data management challenges are there when you're moving to an enterprise cloud? Right, great question. While we assume that growth in public clouds will still accelerate significantly, we do see more and more organizations not just worry about how do I get to the cloud, but also how do I deal with the many places at which my data exists. If you want to retain the option to leave some data on premises and maybe combine that strategy with having multiple cloud providers, you need a solution to standardize your data governance and security models across all of these places. This is something that we've thought long and hard about at Cloudera when designing our cloud data platform which encompasses holistic security and data governance across all cloud and on-premises environments through something that we call SDX, shared data experience. You got to have that data governance, no matter what the technology, you still go back to the age old cliche, G-I-G-O, right? Garbage in, garbage out. So you want to make sure you've got that data governance and data management program in place for sure. That's right. 
when we look at the strategic level, what are some of the common mistakes organizations are making when they put a strategy in place, but it doesn't work out? I would say the number one mistake is to let projects dive right in, not creating standards and a roadmap for the business ahead of time. If you're heading up a business line and you have some budget and a credit card, there's nothing holding you back from building and deploying a workload. Many of those workloads, however, may lose their advantage on time to deploy on the path to production, which leads to my perceived second top mistake, which is not surrounding the business unit with actual cloud experts. You may be an IT expert, but that does not make you a cloud expert per se. To be precise, if you're operating at cloud expert level, you are typically an expert for a specific cloud vendor because a cloud vendor's portfolio and their technology is extremely feature-rich and complex. And this in turn leads to top mistake number three, assuming that cloud IT is like a utility, uh, like electricity, while nothing honestly could be further from the truth. When you pick a cloud provider, you pick a specific API, SLAs, an access management solution. If you want to switch your electricity provider, you can do so without any hassle. If you want to change the car vendor for your company's car fleet, it's a mere discussion on price. When you develop cloud applications against the cloud provider's API, you're bound to the API and the cloud provider's construct around security. So switching the cloud means porting many applications and rerunning your security clearance. I mentioned container technology a couple of times. Container technology does actually alleviate the industry of these challenges to some degree, which is why we at Cloudera encourage container-native product design as much as we can and fundamentally use it ourselves as a substrate of our own products. That's interesting, Jan. And as cloud continues to mature and gain traction, as do open standards, what do you think is contributing to the growing popularity of open standards? Open standards in the software industry nowadays typically go hand in hand with open source software. And over the last 20 years, the majority of innovation within the data processing software space has happened through open source. It's just a fundamental driver of the innovation and that's what makes them popular. Open source allows companies to break free from vendor lock-in, develop long-term sustainable community standards and maintain an open ecosystem that drives innovation. While proprietary software is still the most common business model in IT products, they almost always build on open source libraries and frameworks themselves. Nowadays, no CIO will be easily persuaded to bet on a single proprietary software offering, especially when it comes to decisions of global scale. Similarly, investors even are also likely to raise concerns over how proprietary business strategies will compete against the rapid innovation cycles that open source models actually facilitate. You bring up a lot of notions, Jan, that leads this toward cloud being a very strategic decision. So as cloud is such a a large part of the way enterprises operate today, so much so that it's no longer considered just for IT teams. And so instead, we're starting to see a lot of C-level leadership get more involved. So I'd love your perspective on what roles a CEO should play in making cloud decisions and how involved they should be. Yeah, absolutely. That is what it boils down to, actually. We see that most of the execution and action on enterprise cloud adoption is driven by our C-level decisions. Having the CEO involved is actually required, to my experience, since the IT organization and lines of business who consume IT by design only meet at her or his level. 
traditionally the CEO gives a mandate out to the central IT organization led by the CIO or CTO to deliver standardized secure IT services. They're easy to consume by lines of business at low cost, of course. Lines of business are always encouraged to hold the IT department accountable to these requirements and the emergence of the cloud gives them ample opportunity to benefit from faster project turnaround, uh, really, without lengthy procurement cycles. Today, it is also common that some lines of business even receive their own budget to procure cloud solutions, which we refer to as client IT. A fundamental misconception of the cloud, however, is that its technology reaches end users in an already standardized fashion, which I talked about before as well, which often changes the fine balance of the mandate between the lines of business and IT in a way that lines of business are now allowed to choose any architecture for their applications. While this may look like more freedom, experienced lines of business and IT departments know that more often than not, it results in painful after-the-fact redesigns due to security findings and quickly depleting project budgets due to a lack of accountability, really, in the overall architecture around operations, SLA, and data governance again. So to avoid technical debt on security and a snowball effect on cost, the CEO should, while making those kinds of decisions, still mandate a strong standardization of cloud usage via the IT team and also mandate a multi-cloud strategy to avoid perpetual lock-in as well. By the way, this is, among other things, exactly the thing that Cloudera Data Platform is solving. Freedom for end users across all cloud providers and on-premises while maintaining standardization and security. So, Jan, that's great, and it feels like that's really from a technology perspective. How do you start to translate this into business language? Let's say you've got a non-technical CEO that you're talking with. How do you start to tease out that they need to support a cloud implementation? Well, I think I would try to relate it to uh, an example that is uh, somewhat related to IT, but that everyone understands. So one of my favorite ones is uh, certainly, you know, at some point in the, in the 80s and the 90s, you could purchase a mainframe. And there were a couple of providers who did that. There was, I don't know, the IBM system, 390, every bank executive has to know that. And then there were others, HP, that were selling that. So it was a decision that you actually did for 30 or 40 years. And these systems, they existed for a long time, but some of them eventually went away after 15 or so years. And that resulted in hundreds of billions that need to get spent on uh, really re-architecting everything that was running on that system. So I would say the cloud wars that are going on are very much comparable, right? And what CEOs, CIOs should be thinking about is, do I want a quick win on adopting cloud computing or do I want to create a sustainable architecture? Because the CEO also, alongside the CIO, have a responsibility to not repeat those IT woes of the past. And that is where all the designs around hybrid cloud and multi-cloud come in where specific vendors compete with, among them Cloudera. I would also say another great example is if you say, how many people are using Internet Explorer? And that was sort of the Windows native browser, right? So today we're mostly using Firefox, Chrome, or others to do our browsing. So that's just the thoughts that I would like to leave there in terms of what you should choose as a technology in order to browse the clouds, so to speak. 
So you still have these considerations about whether it was physical machines and back in the day or a cloud approach today, you don't want to get locked into something that you can't then grow upon. Is that pretty much the issue? I think you can definitely grow on any cloud. However, single sourcing is something that many, many procurement departments are absolutely afraid of, and rightly so. You want to maintain flexibility of consuming technology, and cloud computing not exactly being electricity from a wall plug just makes that discussion much, much bigger than uh, simply signing a contract. Right. You made that point earlier around kind of the architectural concerns of you can't just switch this from one to the other. It's not like, as you said, sort of flipping a new electricity supplier there. As you think about your experience with clients, and you don't have to name any names, but any anecdotes come to mind in terms of folks who really changed the nature of their business once they started to seriously look at cloud? They think the whole campaign characteristics of some of the IT business today, the close collaboration of business units to leverage IT for their own campaigns. Just think about vendors like Zalando that need to increase their capacities on user sentiment analysis and machine learning models twofold, threefold over the Christmas season in order to reach their customers with the right campaigns. These guys have to get vast amounts of computing capabilities, GPU capabilities, just for three months. If they would have this for, for the whole year, then it would be a significant, significant cost for them and make these campaigns economically unfeasible. So that's where uh, cloud computing really comes to light. And in, in the end, it is a, a, an asset to share. And uh, we, we love this, uh, uh, this notion of it. And even the ability to broker between multiple clouds, I think this is where the whole notion of cloud computing becomes much, much more interesting than it already is today. And you brought up this idea of just simply customer experience, right? Being able to serve those customers during that high volume time. A lot of these business leaders are clearly focused on, okay, that customer experience, not so much about how I get there, but why. And it feels like many of the things you've talked about have been able to enable a lot of those strategic intentions of those enterprises who are really looking at, okay, how do we transform our customer experience? As we wrap up here, Jan, so I appreciate your, your thoughts and your perspective. Any last ideas or thoughts you want to share? Well, thanks again for having me. I would say the prospect of cloud and data jointly and what we see with container technology, it's the pace of technological changes amazes all of us. No matter where we work, no matter which vertical we're in and which industry, it's now a topic for everyone and, and, and anyone I'm truly excited about the years to come, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll meet again at some point, and we can uh, we can then uh, discuss the same thing in retrospective for just a minute. So, looking forward to that. So, I'm truly excited about any kind of evolution that we'll see on premise, in public clouds, or in private cloud computing. Well, thank you, Jan. I share your excitement as well. This is a thrilling time overall to be in the in the data and the technology business and see how it really transforms how companies go to market, grow, improve, and protect their business. So thank you, Jan, for your time and insights today. And we want to make sure you subscribe to this podcast series at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever major podcast platform you use. And make sure to check out our previous episodes. 
And on the next episode of our Cloudera series, we're going to delve into a new section, optimizing the data lifecycle from edge to AI. Until then, this is Scott Taylor, the Data Whisperer, reminding you of the golden rule of data. Do upon your data as you would have it do upon you. G-I-G-O, everybody. Take care. You've been listening to the EM360 Podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com. 